It is the Coach's Show, and it's brought to you by new ProLine Gold Fungicide. Outstanding protection under high disease pressure. It's grow time. He is the head coach of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Mike O'Shea. Coming off a, it, I'm assuming every victory in Regina is a good victory, regardless. <laughs> that that is true. It was. Uh, I mean, it's fun for the guys. Nobody likes losing, so even in a preseason game, when you win, you have to enjoy it because, it, regardless, it's pro sport and winning's tough. What's the versus? Okay, versus the Grey Cup is kind of dumb, but what's the emotional? Uh, rise and fall for you during a preseason game? Are you pretty pretty level, or are there are there highs and lows? Uh, pretty level, no matter you know what the game. Really, I try to stay at a pretty uh, even keeled state. I think you know there was a couple things with the officiating yesterday that got me riled up, but it wasn't the actual officials; it's the rule, you know. So it's um, it's just those things that <laughs> keep reminding me that we need to keep working to to make some changes. Now, you guys were on the far sideline from us. W- were there any that you want to that you can explain to us now? The rule that you, that caught you Oh, I just don't like that the the offside when a defensive lineman jumps, they're supposed to be allowed to get back. Oh the yeah, the stutter zone. count. And then the the offensive linemen jump back and point and then do all the pointing and then they go back and forth. Everybody's pointing at each other. And I just, you know, in in days gone by, there just wasn't that that didn't happen. Right. So they've they've made a rule to change they changed a rule some time ago to protect offensive linemen from a defensive lineman that jumped offside and hits them, but it just doesn't happen like that anymore. So to me, the rule is is silly, you know. They yeah. should be allowed to get back the offensive lineman, know the snap count. You know, they should not – they don't <laughs> jump back to protect themselves when the defensive lineman is retreating out of the neutral zone again. They're it's, doing it to make sure the guy gets caught, right? Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, and it just seems it's, – it's, it's archaic now. Yeah. I feel I feel you. I yeah. understand. I get that. Uh, your questions – Text them to us. Give us a call. 780-6868. It's the Coach's Show on 680 CJOB. Uh, the first question I have for you, because uh, I was up in the booth with Ed Tate and Doug Brown joined us on the phone. What was the wind like on the field? Because we saw in pregame, Ali Mortada hammered a 57-yarder from what would have been your left to right and had room to spare. And then kickoffs were going into the end zone in the other direction too. So I could not figure out the breeze yesterday at all. Yeah, it died down in the second half to next to nothing in the fourth quarter. Uh, that that would explain why Saskatchewan probably took the ball to start the second half because the wind might not have been as important to have uh, in yeah. the fourth quarter. Uh, it was, I don't know, 40 clicks at least to start the game, sort of blown across the stadium, or that's what the the uh, socks at the top of the uprights would say. Right. But in each corner of that stadium, it it's a different wind because they've got that cutout in the one end, uh, you know, on our right side of our bench if we're looking at the field. Yeah, the north side. Yeah. And then where the scoreboard is, that's all open. So the wind comes in in a certain direction. It doesn't really matter. There's in, in each, from each hash going to each corner is going to be a different sort of feel. Uh, different wind, huh? So it's uh, it is an interesting stadium to to kick in. Um, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. And then you get 33,000 fans for Labor Day with hot, you know, their hot air, and that's all <laughs> it's all troubles. We have a text and calls coming in. Again, 780-6868. Uh, Dave, who you'll remember from last week, uh, I don't know if he has a question as much as uh, he thought Prukop stepped up last night. The speed you showed on offense. Play of the O-line, the physicality and speed on defense. Quite an array of receivers, too. Uh, one, two, three exclamation points in there. So Dave is on board with what you had last night. Yeah, I think he's he's pretty well spot on. I thought we played with uh, a good intensity, good physicality up front. I thought we got after it. It doesn't, I told the guys today, it doesn't always amount to those pictures, those videos that show tremendous physicality. But I thought we got after him pretty good. Um, and maintain that that energy level for the most part of the game, and um, which was really coming off that short period of rest is is really what you want to see. You want to see how many guys can muster up the courage to just keep going. Yeah, because uh, we had Doug Brown explain it to us in the pregame show. What a if you'd played Friday and you play Friday again, how the week would go. And the things, days off, uh, days to recover, a second day of practice, a third day of practice. You had none of those going into this game. Yeah, essentially, basically uh, a, a, a flush day after the 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 first game, and then a day of practice, and then a a, a walkthrough day, and travel. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's that's what you get. But I think the guys responded really well. Uh, it really it was very pleasing that that they um, they certainly didn't didn't grab a hold of any excuses that people would be offering. Yeah. This also coming in the text line uh, says, hi coach. Uh, and it's from a two Oh four. So we know it's local. Any idea why the riders would let you have the wind in the fourth quarter after they won the coin yeah, toss. It, it, it was, it was slated to die down from something like 40 something down to nine by the fourth quarter. So that's why I think they took the ball to start um, because I think the wind was going to be negligible by, oh, the, okay. by the fourth. Yeah. Now you, we knew forty gusting to sixty. It, you have you have weather reports like you're talking about. We knew the what the weather was going to be in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, we always try to figure that out. You know, I love that. If it's if you've got someone that's accurate, it's nice to follow them because you you'd like to know what it's going to be like for that second half of the game. More importantly than anything. Yeah, I I just had never thought of that, but it, it makes perfect sense in here because. Uh, you may not be surprised to go. I went back and analyzed all of your coin flip decisions to your to this point in your career, and it's it some w- would <laughs> oh depend <my> on. <laughs> yeah, I just I had to know you uh, you choose to uh, you choose to defer less than other coaches that you've played against. Long story short, but those kind of things factor into what am I going to do two hours before? What's it going to be two hours from now? Because forty gusting to sixty was a real deal yesterday. Yeah, it was it was blowing pretty good. I mean. We che- we checked the weather right before coin the coin toss too. So we got a little routine, and we'll check the weather right before the coin toss. And I always ask the question what it's going to be like in an hour and a half, um, you know, at the at the halfway turn. Um, but those those the analysis of the coin toss, you have to actually go back and you know um, collate that data with what our teams were good at. How we started, how we finished, yep. how we were, how our defense was playing, how our offense was playing. Those all that all factors in. Oh, for sure, it factors in. And I don't spend a lot of time looking at all that stuff, but because you just sort of know it as a coach. You oh, just for sure, feel yeah, yeah. it. You know, 
Um, but you may look at what the opposition does every once in a while and how, how f- do they start fast? Do they finish strong? What is their, what's their deal? Yeah. So. You'll see some coaches have, have trends. And then the first time they break that, you go, well, this is the first time you've ever chosen to defer. What, what you weren't worried about mm-hmm. starting on offense and then things you, like that will it, pop then up. Then you also need. have to understand that sometimes when you give the instructions for the coin toss, they don't actually That's get executed. <laughs> so. That's the, no, are you, are you ever bothered that they just don't let you call the coin toss? No, it doesn't. Nothing, nothing like that bothers me. <laughs> oh, cause uh, yeah, I've talked to coaches and said, I wish they would just let me because I have to communicate with my captain and he heard me wrong because it's, no, it's this all, far away. It all works it's out. All, all right. Your questions for coach Mike O'Shea. I have a ton of them. I want you to uh, weigh in with yours. 204-780-6868. It's the C- CGLB coaches show on 680 CGLB. Coach's show with Mike O'Shea brought to you by Proline Gold Fungicide. Outstanding protection under high disease pressure. It's grow time. He is a head coach who wins coin flips 48% of the time. Did you know that? 48% since 2016? Just to hear. So we, it sounds like we lose coin flips then. When you're you, 52% <laughs> of the time. 66 and 71 all time because I had that much time before I came to Winnipeg. Just on that <laughs> oh way. Uh, Mike is with us on the phone line. Mike, your question for head coach Mike O'Shea. Hey, Coach, it's nice to talk to you. It's the first time I had a chance to talk to you since you went back to back. And, uh, you know, it was a tough game, but obviously nobody let go of the rope. But uh, it was hard watching your friend being interviewed after the game with a hole in his chest there. And uh, to win, it was great. To lose, it was, I can't imagine. But uh, maybe you can tell us, Mike, you know, Michael Shea, who took control of the Titanic way back then, you know, when you walked into your office that very first day, you know, what you thought you knew then to what you really know now after going back to back. And, uh, you know, Mike, we like dynasty. So just one more and, uh, we could call it that. But once again, Mike, love you, love the team. And I'll listen off the air. Thanks. Thank you, Mike. Oh, Mike, that's a, there's a, a, it's a long, long laundry list of things that I've, uh, have learned. And, you know, it's probably a longer list of things that I'm still trying to figure out, but, uh, I think most importantly, uh, you know, in terms of leadership, it's about being authentic and only trying to be who you are, you know. So uh, no matter who's influenced me over the years, whoever's coached me, you know, you've tried to, um, you know, undoubtedly you're you're influenced by those coaches, but the bottom line is you, you can only be who you are. And, and if you try to be someone else, if you try to <laughs> coach with someone else's style, it's just not going to work, so... Um, you know, the first time I walked in the office, I, I tell you what I really did was I tried to fix my shower. So it, uh, sprayed more water than what it was. So I spent a couple of days doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I was still trying to figure out what the hell I was supposed to be doing. So I, I, I just put my hands to work. And that shower still sprays strong today. It does. I don't know. Uh, he, he brings up an interesting question. Mike does. Uh, I presume he's, he's referring to, uh, Orlando Steinauer the Hamilton head coach. What's it like when you have your greatest success and a friend of yours does not, is on the other end of that? Well, I mean, Orlando Steinauer is a great man. So um, he obviously spends time looking at, you know, what he needs to do with his team. And I don't think he wastes a lot of time begrudging, you know, a friend's success. He He is, as hard as it is, he's as I would be with him, he, you know, happy for each other for sure. Yeah. And then look at what you could be doing, you know, what you need, what your team needs, what you might do differently, those kind of things. But um, I don't think he wastes a lot of time with any negativity. 
I like it. From the text line, uh, this is from Mark. Will Greg Ellingson be ready for the home opener next Friday? believe so. Yep. I like it. What, what uh, when Ellingson was free, what, what enticed you about bringing him to Winnipeg? Well, I've, we've liked him for a long time, tried to get him several times, but he always had different offers from different teams that he chose. So, but yeah, since he played in Hamilton, he's been one of those guys that I think is sought after around the league. I have I have many my, I have many uh, Greg Ellingson stats to uh, to throw at you throughout the course of the season. I've I've been huge on a uh, fan of his for for quite some time. He's got one particular skill that stands out above the rest of the Canadian Football League. That for uh, another day. This from Norm, uh, quarterback Joe Mancuso. What's his status? He was put on according to the transaction wire the suspended list in advance of the game. Yeah, he returned home for a family matter. Okay. Yeah. Plan by all, he plans to come back as best you know. Uh, yep, as best that we know. Yep. All right, Nora in Houston, Texas. Uh, let's go for a three-peat. Uh, why did the Bombers wear blue in the game last night, which is usually their home uniform? Uh, you know, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't know. I think you have to submit. This is a question for Brad Foddy, our equipment manager. I think you have to submit what you're wearing to the league, probably a couple months ago. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, why that is, I, I don't know. That maybe their green jerseys were being out, getting patched or sewn. I don't know. Do no you, idea. Do you guys get to choose your your uniforms for home games? Is that that yeah, how it I works? Yeah, I think that's how it works. Okay. Yeah, I don't spend a lot of time messing around that department. You you Foddy's, seem like a real uh, detail guy. So be the he, he, defer he, on that one. He's he runs it very well for thirty plus years. So why why would I? really try to interfere a couple of things obviously but there's yeah most of the time it's just like what are we doing brad you tell me <laughs> 204-780-6868 texts and calls are are flying in uh coach what are your thoughts about riders head coach craig dickinson saying the bombers are the class of the league far ahead of any other team yeah we don't read a lot of news good or bad so what are my thoughts right now yeah. i haven't had time to digest it i mean <laughs> You know, probably trying to soften us up. <laughs> just looking for well, you did beat them three times last season. We so, did, yeah. So yeah, I, to to know that other does that permeate does that permeate through the organization, the locker room, knowing that hey, we are back to back Great Cup champions, and everybody wants to be us. Is that a feeling uh, that exists among? I don't think everybody wants to be us. I think they want to well, beat us. Everybody wants to beat us. So I don't. Th- yeah, we don't spend a lot of time worrying about that i don't hear a lot of the guys talking about that stuff um but then again i might just not be around them you know so uh, geez um I, I everybody in the locker room understands where we've been they all have a good understanding of where we want to get to and what's said outside the room during that journey is basically irrelevant okay I have to ask you this because it's it's a it's a saying that gets thrown around within sports media a bunch. In it's hard to win back to back titles. Is it is it hard to win back to back titles? It's hard to win in general, like on a weekly basis. It's it's hard to win. You know that's why you should celebrate when you do win because it's not easy. A lot of preparation goes into it. Um, you know the the work involved is is. Uh, it's it's incredible what the players do in a given week to make sure that they're ready to go. Yeah. Um, was 21 any harder than 19 was? I, 
or apart from the pandemic yeah. and no preseason and I stuff, was the process any hard harder? Pressed for for me to even draw a comparison. Like yeah. I don't sit there and look at oh well week three this or against this opponent that. I don't spend any time doing that. Yeah, it's focusing on what we're doing that day and how we're getting ready for that that week that opponent that week. I think that would be a lot of time wasted to look back at uh, um, historically what we've done. Like, I'm not sure what, what relevance that is. If somebody says, well, your record against so-and-so in the playoffs dating back to 1930, whatever. I, I, Thank you. Why Testify, coach. Wh- what does that have to do with our team this year, right? Yeah. So, uh, what, 2019 was a different team. Uh, 2020 we missed, so 2021 was a really different team and a really different year in a really different year globally, yeah. you know, so there's no comparison. Um, there was no, there's no real manuals for how you, how you do that. Right. Yeah. Um, so the, the idea of it's hard to win back to back, I, it's just hard to win. And the, I think you can just stop the statement right there. It's hard to win. That's the point I think that gets missed when people say that, well, it's hard to three-peat in the CFL. Well, yes, because you have to win the title twice, which means you have to win the title once. And there are eight other teams that wanted that first title, much less the second one. And if you believe there's extra juice now that we're taking on the champions, either way, I mean, you go into this season, there's there's eight other teams that want the Grey Cup like you do. Yeah, they all have the same goal. I, I think... We'd be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't believe that we were getting everybody's best. And we're not getting their best because we've won a championship. We're getting their best because they're pros and they want to put their best forward, right? So the assumption is we're going to get everybody's best, not because of anything we've done in the past, but because we're playing a game that day. So they're going to be at their best. We're going to try and be at our best and we'll see what happens. From the text line, will Janarian Grant be returning to the roster? Uh, missing production on the kick. And, oh, I think the the texter believes we're missing production on the kick and punt return teams. Well, it's it's preseason. We we put Janarian in the offense a fair bit uh, these last couple games, right? Um, I don't know how many snaps he would have gotten, but yeah, we we know what he can do as a returner. Can a guy take sixty snap? Well, he he subs in and out for the fullback so far. Could a guy t- could a guy feasibly take sixty snaps and? be a primary returner at this level? Yep, I think certain guys can. Okay, it's I possible. Do. I, I do believe that. I, I don't know if that's going to happen this day and age. The rosters are bigger. You know, I, don't, I think people would think you're crazy. But I also do believe that as a pro athlete or a high-level athlete, the one thing that would really drive you nuts is having your career be over and realize you got more gas in the tank. Better to be Better to just be worn out it is 728 plenty more of your texts and calls at 780-6868 for the head coach mike o'shea live with us in studio on the cgob blue bomber coaches show thank you christian we're back with the coach 204-780-6868 your texts your calls we're taking them for another half hour the bombers of course coming off the nine point win against the saskatchewan rough riders in was that the most you've ever gone for it on third down <laughs> ever like no, ever ever no, okay no. we've gone for i think more times than that but not from th- three five and eight <laughs> yards or whatever i don't know what the what the numbers were but you know as i explained to the guys at halftime i don't not really interested in that game and kicking 12 yard field goals or five yard field goals or whatever it was going to be um so you know this 
forget the stat lines. Let's just go for it and see what we can do. And I do think that it was a tough spot to be in a couple of them, but I also think there was there was one of those opportunities we should have scored. Yeah. So disappointing in, in one of them for sure. Well, and it seemed like you perhaps uh, may have taken – both teams might have taken the ball at the 40 more often than they did in that game. But, again, what's what's the point of just taking the ball at the 40 when you have a chance to try with your kickoff return team, right, and your kickoff coverage team? Yeah, you have to – We, you know, these these two games we've not gotten nearly enough special teams work that we – that we need to to evaluate some of these guys, um, you know, and I'm sure a lot of them bring tremendous value for our special teams, and, and we have to have the footage to, you know, verify that. Scott wants to know, uh, can you coach hockey? I think a team downtown could use your mojo. Hint, hint, he types. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I'm sure the, the Jets will rebound and be in good hands. Could a good coach coach any sport? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. The nuances of the game, it's, you may be able to look at an athlete and see some talent or some skill. Yeah. But the nuances of the game are, I, I don't know that, I mean, sometimes some of these coaches come up to the CFL and have a hard time, it's, but it's supposed to be just football. Well, there's just so many different rules and and nuances and, um, you know, historic ideas that you need to figure out or learn. Yeah. Right? So, no, I don't think, uh, I don't think you can coach everything. I think you can coach some of the base skills that transfer to different sports. Like if you wanted to say, can I coach kids sprinting? Probably. Yeah. You know, can I run a junior weightlifting, you know, maybe, but, yeah. you know. The premise would be that man management would be the same, right? Com- connecting with your athletes. If you weren't responsible, f- if you had an offensive and defensive coordinator, could you coach basketball? That kind of thing. Could you manage a roster of athletes who want to achieve greatness and win titles? That um, it's, it's an interesting question. Yeah. I just, I do think that... Uh, High level athletes are still, they still want to be coached and they still want to make, they want to be better all the time. That's what makes them good. That's what helps them reach that level is they're coachable. And so if you're not able to give them um, information, ideas that help them be more successful, you're not really of use to them. Okay. Yeah. Could we increase your salary to three point five million a year, though? Maybe, maybe that's. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Taking it. I'm excited for the for next season for the Jets. I'm, I'm sure they're they'll have a a very good team. I love it, Agnes from Ness Avenue. Uh, how come the league changed the colors of the officials' flags this year to yellow? No idea, but now the challenge flags are red. So we have new challenge flags. They're very crisp, fresh. <laughs> yeah. we, it caught us in game number one. We went, wait a minute, th- those are. Because you have to go back in your memory to a year ago. And, yeah, those are different. And then Christian spotted that your challenge flag was a different color. He was checking. I'm like, I, we we had no idea it was coming, and I have no idea why or what. But no, it's it's a look. I haven't asked. You want me to follow up with the league on that? Agnes would love you to. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Uh, yeah, Agnes from Ness Avenue would absolutely love you to. Uh, this from Dave. Will uh, Winston Rose be ready? And does uh, Alexander go on the six-game injured reserve? Well, we'll make all those roster decisions when we have to. That's usually my answer, Derek. Okay. I don't uh, talk a lot of roster stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was asked this question yesterday, and there uh, there are several that I just don't have the answer to. Can a player be on – because we saw a report that 
this team put a guy on six game right now. Can a guy be on six game right now, or is he on a different injured list before the season starts? That's uh, that's a great question. I'm yes, I imagine guys can go on the six game right now. Um, why you would allocate them at that time is I don't know. Every club would be thinking have a different strategy as to why they need to do that. Okay. Um, but yeah, they would have to by the time the first week rolls around, or by the time the final cuts roll around, you'd have to allocate those players to the parts of the roster where they need to be and have the numbers add up. Okay. Right? So. Okay. Because uh, Brandon Alexander uh, from the transaction wire is on injured veteran. It says yep. next to his name. Yep. That just means he doesn't count against your current roster, like your training camp yeah, roster? Yeah, there's two, two of those slots. So you can take two guys off your roster and put them in those slots. They have to meet uh, certain criteria for sure to to be able to put them there. And then, once again, at a certain date, they have to be moved to another spot on the roster and be accounted for. Yep. Okay. Uh, Brandon is back at some point this season? Absolutely. Okay. Brandon's an impact player at some point this season? Absolutely. He okay. is, he's an impact player right now. I, from coming watching from afar, I, I was watching going, I, I don't know who they're going to pick for their most outstanding defensive player nominee because Alexander was one of one, two, three, four, six, seven guys I might have chose had I been voting for the Bombers. You, you were blessed with some incredible talent and coached up some incredible talent on that side of the ball as yeah. well. B.A. was a tremendous leader also, and if you would have asked him, he would have never voted for himself. And not just because he's a great leader, but he really values some of the other guys and, and their contribution to him, not only to the defense and the team, but, um, yeah, he's a, he's an impressive individual and one of many, especially on that side of the ball. Yeah. Bigger picture question, and by all means wave me off here, but more teams last season went American at safety than I've seen in a while. I think since I started tracking the CFL, is there any? You would know better than I would, uh, because BC did it, uh, Calgary did it for a spell. You yeah. guys did. Yeah, it. I, I believe you. I just I, the reason yeah. why I, I don't, you know, once again, I, I believe that you know the GMs and the head coaches build their rosters differently, and they draft differently, and they see, yeah. you know, where guys slot in, and um, they're certainly. They're not afraid to um, break any mold. In fact, I think all the molds have been broken in the CFL. You know, a long, long time ago, it was weak side linebacker, free safety, defensive tackle. Three interiors fullback, in the same. You know, whatever. It's like there was a set sort of um, mold everybody followed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it's long gone, right? Guys play everywhere. If you had the right guy, the right backup, you'd put a Canadian player anywhere. You'd put an American player anywhere. Yeah, and I think yep. the philosophies have changed, and various teams, you know, employ different strategies. And but they all have their reasons. It's not. Uh, it's not cavalier. It's they have very specific reasons why they're going to do what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it was just it's neat to watch it from afar and try to. Well, as an observer, you're trying to get into the minds of you know, nine organizations and well, how does this coach like to do it? And it's, it's, it's fun to try to, well, because none of us, as much as some of us might say it, none of us know what you know, right? Neither the the depth or breadth of what you know, but it's fun to try to figure out 
well, what what is Mike thinking? Because he's not going to tell us when I ask him in the media room. But I but it's fun trying to figure it out because it just it makes me a better observer of football and makes me appreciate the game more. Derek, you just opened up that wonderful opportunity for me. Next time you ask me a question, I'll say, well, Derek, you've submitted yourself. You just don't know what we know. <laughs> But I knew how many sna- I knew how many targets. Yes, I would never know that. Yeah, that was that was it. Rashid Bailey had eight of his 109 career targets from uh, from a set position and 101 yep, I, from the I, waggle. So I, I was I, I wouldn't know that. I came armed that day <laughs> to, to try was... to get a, a, an answer of uh, moving him to the uh, X position. Uh, this one is Russ. Uh, is the backup quarterback competition? Close? Would you ever consider platooning the backup quarterback? Uh, apologies, Russ. I'm stumbling all over your question. Would you consider platooning it between Dakota Prukop and Drew Brown? We're gonna do whatever we need to do on a weekly basis to win football games, to win that particular football game. So, um, whatever that looks like from a weekly basis, that's what it'll look like. Did I see it right? Teams will roster th- have will or have the option to roster three quarterbacks this year? Yep, they have the option to do that, yeah. Okay, so uh, 21, 20, three quarterbacks, and one or two globals was uh, what was the last thing I saw. Yeah, I think that's accurate. What uh, As we go to break, just kind of a quick one, what, what are your options at global? If you take a second to brag about your global players. Yeah, we got so many options, it's, it's wide open. We're, we, we're good. We've, we got a lot of guys we like, so. That's good to know. Yep. Gives you, gives you things to work with. It is 744. More of your texts and calls with the head coach, Mike O'Shea, of your back-to-back Grey Cup champion, three-peat chasing. I'm told I can't bring up three-peating. Wade Miller brushed me off when I said yeah, three-peating. Yeah, we don't, we don't talk can't, like that. I didn't think so. <laughs> On 680 CJOB. Coach's show brought to you by new ProLine Gold Fungicide. Outstanding protection under high disease pressure. It's grow time. Derek Taylor, Mike O'Shea. Uh, there was twice in the game yesterday where Malik Clements appeared to attempt the LeVar leap. Did you ever try that in your career? What's that? LeVar Arrington was a linebacker from Penn State in the 90s, in the late 90s, and then went to Washington. He had a play in college, uh, Penn State, I think it was Illinois, where they were going to try to hand it off to running back. He just took a sprinting, jumped over top, and got the guy for a two-yard loss, and it became the LeVar Leap. I think you've heard of the term credit card vertical. (laughs) That was me, so I would say, no, I never attempted that. All right. I thought I would check because Malik did, and and, uh, we remarked on it at the time, and Doug Brown pointed out, I played with LeVar Arrington in Washington, so it was uh, Malik Clements. He 12 tackles in two preseason games, two special teams tackles in a sack. He does not lack for energy. No, he he brings it for sure. He's he's explosive. He he has that um some instinct to him. Um when he makes contact, I think the opposition understands that they've been hit. So that's always very pleasant to watch. When you are building a roster, when it gets to final cutdown day, how how do I phrase this best? How picky do you have to be with your Americans in positions where you already have a, a, a fortified American starter? Yeah, I don't quite understand the question. How picky? I mean, can you keep a, can you keep a lot of them around? When I this is me. When I look at Clements, I go, okay, uh, he'd be a, he'd be the Mike. He'd be Adam Big Hill's position. Big Hill's not going anywhere. Will he? Are you able to keep him and get him onto the game day roster? Well, you'd like to keep them all. You know. That's the bottom line is when they get to this point, they're, they're um, pretty good football players and you believe that 
they can probably help you win football games. And I think we've shown that over the years that, um, you know, we've had years where lots of different guys have played and and we've managed to win football games. Um, so, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd like to keep all these guys at this point. Not right. possible, though, obviously. Yeah. Barb in St. Albert, who points out Bombers fan, not an Elks fan. So perfect for the show, Barb. Uh, so speaking of goal players, uh, what is up with T. Adric Hansen? Go Bombers, three exclamation points. Yep, still conversations going on. I know T. was waiting for the CBA to get ratified to see what the contract status would be like. So um, I know that uh, our, our guys are in touch with their guys. All right. Yeah. That's And that's how I assume... Is that just how it is sometimes? Like it's, we need to, time has to pass. We want answers as fans, but time just has to pass. Um, well, once again, he, he he was very specific. He wanted to wait and, and see w- how the global program fit in the new CBA. And mm-hmm. it's just been ratified a couple of days ago by the, or signed off on by the league, I think a few days ago, right? Or however long ago that was. So, you know, that information has just gotten to him and I'm sure he'll make a decision at some point whether he can, come here or not to play. But I, I, you know, I know he loves it here and I know he enjoyed his time playing with us and it's just got to be the right decision for him. Teams this season will have the the option to go one or two globals. What goes into that decision for you? Or what will go into that decision? Winning football games. Can Can this person help me win? Not me. Can he? Pardon help, me. Pardon can he me. help our team win? I should. I should have said us win. Yeah. Yeah. Can Can he? Can he do what his teammates need him to do? I like it. Uh, the one thing from yesterday's game that stood out to me at the end, uh, and and I love numbers. Thirteen guys had a play of ten yards or more in that game. There uh, were a lot. Of, there were a lot of plays us. made by yes by by mm. the bombers. I there were a lot of guys making a lot of nice plays. Honestly. Yeah, that sounds like good football. <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot that goes into that, right? Um, it could be some of those plays might be interesting to watch in terms of where the first point of contact was and, and what happened or how the blocking worked out for them. You know, the receivers downfield making, you know, working harder so that their guy can get sprung, right, for extra yards. So it's, uh, y- you know, once again, those, those individual stats show that there's um, – Good team football being played. There were there were big holes to run through late in that game. It was it was noticeable from where we were, and it makes me uh, wonder as you evaluate for what's going to be for cut down day. There's it's got to be. I don't know if it's an art form, but it's got to be close because not only do you have to evaluate the player, you you have to evaluate him with the guys he's currently playing with and against the guys he's currently playing against. So if player X is with our third team against their second team, that's different from he was with our first team against their third. They're, yeah, they can all play. So Sure, but how they, can how they, they start? How they rotate, yeah, they all can. I think we've shown that. We've shown that we can, if if they get an opportunity to dress for that game, if they're on our practice roster, um, they absolutely can help us win football games. I like it. I like it. Uh, we ran a poll yesterday during the broadcast uh, asking fans, are you concerned at all that Zach Kolaris did not get any preseason snaps? Overwhelmingly, no, not the least bit concerned. Uh, Kolaros, Ellingson, I was just writing them down. Newfeld, Jeff Coat, I believe Sales, Kyrie Wilson, 
Uh, Jesse Briggs Tom, and Tom Hackett, uh, not with the team right now, but didn't get any snaps. You, I'm by the fact you did it. I assume you were not at all concerned that those guys did not get snaps in the preseason. Yep, you are correct. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just, you, you know, we we need to evaluate the the other players also, and we also, you know, we have a lot of faith and a lot of trust in the in the veteran guys that have been with us. You know, they're doing the right things, and um, we'll get them what they need when they need it. What goes into that decision when it comes to the two preseason games? Do you talk to the guys? Do you some? Yep. Some you tell them what you're doing. Some you ask them what they'd like to do, and some you work together and <laughs> and and go back and forth and and figure it out. Right. And that's the kind of man management that could work in the <laughs> NHL, right? I don't know. <laughs> no, well, you you could try. How how does cut down day work for you? You you guys Not will, very well. <laughs> is it because it is hard? Like, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. You're. Yeah, you're dashing some guys' hopes, you know, but they, they'll, yeah, it's. But he's got film now, and people keep yep. telling. He but he put plays and he on. He doesn't film. have to listen to us because <laughs> we've made mistakes in the past, and we could be idiots too. So, you know, they certainly don't have to take our answer as the final answer. Um, and I often encourage guys not to, you know, if you. We've got a, a, a very good group of, of players that make up a, a pretty darn good football team. And if by chance you don't make that team, it doesn't mean you're not a good football player. It just means you didn't make a really good football team. <laughs> right? So yeah, um, I always encourage guys to, to keep going because it's a great sport. Bad business, great sport. <laughs> You've heard this a hundred times. Were you? Did you think when you started in head coaching that you, you would be – that cut down day would be as bad for you as it, as it sounds. I hoped it would be because That's a neat it, way to think of it. If yeah. It, if it isn't, then I'm in the wrong business. What was it like as a player? Did you have any sweats? Uh, I just believed I was going to get cut every year and worked hard. So I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, do you call guys that make the team? You call uh, the guys who don't make the team, but have you ever called the guy like, yeah, you're no, on the we team. Don't, we don't call the guys that don't make the team. We visit with them personally. You, so yeah. Uh, no, Unfortunately, the guys who make the team just, just yeah <laughs> have to wait all day for the Grim Reaper knocking at their Oof, door to visit yeah. with them. Yeah, it's I never I hadn't thought of that, but I was talking to a guy. And went, did they did they call you to tell you you made the team because you could celebrate and hug that out and not hugging it out? <laughs> no. All right, I, I respect. Derek, that. we're over. Look at your thing. Oh, we are forty seconds <laughs> over. We've had so many great texts and calls. We appreciate you being with us on the CJOB Coaches Show. We will be resuming on Mondays. This because of the Tuesday game. We are back Monday seven eight. Coach, great to see you. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Derek. He is Mike O'Shea, the head coach of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers on six eighty CJOB.